Hi, everyone. Today is April 28th, 2022. And we will be talking about a recession warning, a bond warning, a stock warning, and more importantly, what you need to be doing right now. I'll be right with you. All right, so let's get started. And as you know, I love a good slideshow. So let's start with a few data statistics information. And of course, as always, it's going to end up with what you should be doing right now. So here we go. So again, this is a topic on recessions, bond warnings, and also stocks as well. You can always get additional information at nataliepace.com. Also, you can access my blogs, podcasts, and video conferences. So when you go to nataliepace.com, as an example, you'll see on the right side my Twitter feed. And FYI, I just started a new podcast that's on Spotify, so then it'll be easy to access here. Also, um, you can listen back to all of these or watch these back always at youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace. So here's my new Spotify podcast and you can subscribe to that. And I'll be talking about the first interview which I just posted earlier today. So let's jump back into the data and the statistics and the information. I just want you to know that we are here to empower you. So we want to make get provide you with the news information and education that you need in order to be the boss of your money, to preserve your wealth and to grow it even when times are challenging. Also to learn how to save thousands annually with smarter big ticket choices. All of these are gonna be very necessary because we're seeing from the data that people are starting to dig into their savings to in order to make ends meet. And as we um, enter more challenging times, which obviously we are embroiled in, um, this is going to be key. Preserving your wealth, saving thousands annually, not by being more frugal, although I'm not saying you shouldn't be frugal. I'm just saying a lot of us are already frugal and we're still having to dig into our savings. So what we need to be doing is actually addressing the big ticket items. That's the game changer. Preserving our wealth is easy as a pie chart. So it's not complicated. A lot of people hand over their power and give somebody else the power to be the boss of their money. It's okay to do that in bull markets because it's easy to make money in bull markets. In bear markets and recessions, it's easy to lose money. And even if that person is a professional or a broker salesman or someone who's been, had, been in the business a long time, if they ride the Wall Street roller coaster, which most of them do, then you are at risk of losing up to half of your wealth. And again, getting safe, protected, hot, and diversified is actually easy as a pie chart. It's just that a lot of financial advisors are not exactly adhering to that, even if they say they use modern portfolio theory. So again, we're going to talk about what's happening and what you can do about it. So we had a negative uh, earnings report for the first quarter. This was a little bit surprising. We thought it was going to be very weak. It was negative. And what does that mean? Does it mean that we're in a recession? 
Not yet, technically. Now, look, we aren't going to get our second quarter results for another three months, right? So it's always a little bit lagging. The, the quarter ends and then we get the advanced results the next month. So we're not going to be getting April, May, June, July till the end of July. What That's when we'll know what the second quarter looks like. If the second quarter is a negative, then we would technically be in a recession. Now, we also have other challenges going on, but as you can see here, the second quarter in 2021 was a good, strong quarter. So that does provide what we would call headwinds, or it's gonna be hard to comp to that. So it is possible that we could have a negative quarter the next quarter, especially given inflation, war, um, super high oil prices, all of that. So if you have not already read the blog that I posted about the six red flags of um, a recession warning, then I do recommend that you do that. If you have trouble locating it, just email info at nataliepace.com. We'll find you. We'll get you the link. But basically, if you go to nataliepace.com forward slash blog, uh, you should be able to find it. And you can also Google it. Just say nataliepace.com, um, risk of recession in six charts, and that should be easy to hit it. So the first thing is high gas prices, highly correlated with recessions. As you can see, the recessions here are in gray. And whenever we get super high gas prices, it's highly correlated re recessions because consumers have a hard time spending when all of their money is going on their commute. Now we've got another little interesting tidbit to report about that GDP report in just a moment, but I wanna go ahead and give you these six red flags. Well, I'll tell you right now, so we make sure we don't overlook it. You probably have been hearing, and in fact, we had a rally on Wall Street today, right? Which is, it's short-lived. Our futures are always sh already showing that we're gonna give back a lot of that tomorrow. But, um, why was that? Well, a lot of the talking heads were saying, wow, the consumer is still really strong. Well, I actually interviewed an economist today, which I encourage you to check out the podcast on Spotify. You can also watch uh, the actual interview with her on youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace. And the reason that I interviewed her, she's, a, she's one of the senior economists of the National Association of Realtors. I interviewed her for two reasons. I wanted to talk about real estate, but I also she was the only one who said, who drilled into the data on consumer spending. And what she noticed is that the spending was on automobiles and also on recreational vehicles. She said that actually the basic needs expenditures was actually a contraction. In fact, people were spending 18% less on gasoline. They were spending less on food and other essentials. And what that was telling her combined with the data that we are dipping into our savings to make ends meet is that those were one-off items. That's not like consumer spending is about 70% of our GDP. So if the consumer is strong, then the economy can be stronger. But if, the, if um, consumers are doing a one-off and then they're actually tightening the belt on even food and commute and gasoline and all these other things, that doesn't bode well for the next quarter. So uh, I, that's why I interviewed her because she was the only economist I saw that was really talking about that very important finesse in the data. All right, so high gas prices, highly correlated with recessions. 
rising interest rates are highly correlated with recessions. Now, you probably have heard the Federal Reserve Board governors and especially uh, Jerome Powell saying he wants to try to negotiate what's called a soft landing. What that is, is it's raising interest rates without causing a recession. Now, that's really, uh, it has happened. It's kind of rare, but when you have interest rates that are tightening as fast as we're gonna tighten this year and next year, it's, um, it's, it's um, um, you know, almost impossible really. But of course they can blame it on all these other things that are going on, including the war in, the, you know, in, in Ukraine. So what does that mean for you? It means that you should be definitely preparing and tightening and knowing what you own and maybe even overweighting a little bit safe. And as importantly, which we're gonna talk about, you gotta know what's safe in a world where bonds are illiquid, negative yielding and uh, losing money. So rising interest rates, even though they say they're gonna try to negotiate a soft landing, they're now saying that they have to tighten faster. In fact, they're gonna probably, they're predicted to tighten 50 basis points on the May meeting and then 50 basis points the next meeting. That's pretty tight. That's pretty fast. So um, with the expectation that we'll maybe get to 2.25 or 2.4% uh, Fed fund rate by the end of this year, which is fast tightening. Okay, inflation is highly correlated with recessions. War highly correlated with a contraction in stocks. And of course, a negative yield curve is about 100% correlated with recessions. And then when you get elevated asset prices, which is where we are today. Now, what do I mean by that? Stocks are high, real estate is high. When you have prices that are really high in investments and you have a recession, we tend to have what we call outsized uh, and rapid. So it's like a falling knife. So that's well proven. It's something the feds have been kind of warning about in a lot of their meeting minutes and the minutia of that and also in their financial stability reports. So what it means is that, and let me show you a chart that kind of just illustrates it. I'm gonna go back to my PowerPoint for a moment. Bear with me because I'm gonna to have to um, speed up the PowerPoint just so I can show you what I'm talking about since we went right to you know, what can happen. So the NASDAQ, which was one of those other periods of very, very elevated asset prices, right? Here we are. And today is the highest. This is Warren Buffett's favorite valuation tool. It tells you whether or not stocks are expensive compared to our GDP. And as you can see, we're higher today than we've been in, you know, since 1960. And the second highest was dot-com. The third highest um, in terms of valuation was the Great Recession. Now, the problem is that both of those recessions were really severe, as you can tell from these gigantic drops here. So what do I mean by really severe is that the dot-com recession cost anybody that had invested in dot-com stocks could have lost up to 78% between the high of March of 2000 and the low of uh, October, 2002. Now, the other thing about it is that it took 15 years for NASDAQ to crawl back to even. So, you know, when you have buy and hold investors or buy and hold broker salesmen tell you, oh, but you should just buy and hold, you know, that's not the best strategy. Like our easy as a pie chart nest egg strategies with regular rebalancing 
at least once a year. Um, that earned gains in the dot-com and the Great Recession and outperformed the bull markets in between. And a big piece of that strategy was that you always keep the right amount safe. In today's world, you're going to have to add a little more finesse to it because bonds were the easy way to get safe in dot-com and Great Recession, not in this one. We have a lot more going on this time. Now, in the Great Recession, the, the Dow lost 55% and took about six years to crawl back to even. So again, if you are riding a, a roller coaster like that, and then you're using all of or most of the bull market to crawl back to even, that's not a plan. That's a roller coaster. If you have the ability to keep the proper amount safe, and then each you're rebalancing it once a year, it's actually a buy low, sell high plan on autopilot. I'm going to show you what that plan looks like in just a moment. But let's do a few more things, both in the... Um, yeah, so you can read this and then we can talk more about the, um, you know, what you can do about it, which I'm gonna take you back to our PowerPoint, which will help us with that. Let me make sure I didn't go over anything that is really important before we get there. All right, so here we were, we were talking about how two, it takes two quarters of negative uh, GDP growth for it to technically be a recession. We just now know that the first quarter was negative. So it was a contraction. Now we have churn, we have war, we have recession risks. I just talked to you about the recession risks. I'm gonna to talk to you a little bit more about churn in just a moment and what that means. This is the most recent update on GDP growth for the world from the IMF. As you can see, the red means uh, recession. So Russia, Ukraine, and Belarus are already in a recession. The US, the IMF is predicting 3.7% for the year GDP growth. Um, the feds at the last one said 2.8%. And of course, nobody ever predicts a recession until of course it happens. And that's why you don't want to wait for the headlines. If you wait for the headlines, it's always too late to protect yourself. So again, getting safe, protected, hot and diversified now and making sure that you overweight safe is going to be really key to being ahead of the headlines. It's okay to be early. It's not okay to be late. So let's talk about churn. And again, visit youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace to watch my interview with Lizanne Saunders, who's the chief investment strategist at Charles Schwab. And what she pointed out was that more than 90% of the NASDAQ members had at least a 10% correction at some point in 2021. The average drawdown was minus 43%, and almost half were down at least 50%. And this was before the correction. This was in 2021. We call that churn. So money has gotten really fast and greedy. And that's why it's important for you to be ahead of the game rather than behind it. Because again, it can happen so fast. In the pandemic, between February 19th and March 23rd, so one month in 2020, the S&P 500 dropped 38%. So most people didn't even realize what happened until it had already dropped 38%. Yes, it came back. But again, that was abnormal. We printed up like $5 trillion and we gave it to everything that moved. That's not going to happen this time. In fact, we have to raise interest rates and a lot of other things going on. They're tightening up money. Money was loose, free, and easy during the pandemic to try to get us through that. 
but now we have to tighten things up. So that's not going to be the savior this time around. Your good plan has to be the savior this time around. So, you know, high prices at the gas pump, again, it's making it so people are not just not willing to spend it. And we're seeing a contraction in the amount of money that people are spending on gas, even though prices are higher. I wanna let you know that the US does have the capability of being oil independent. We consume about 20% of the world's oil and we produce it as well. Of course, you know me, uh, full disclosure, I am someone who cares a lot about reducing our CO2 footprint. So I'd like all of us to really take the challenge to do that. But while we're worried about Russian oil and Russian gas, we are less impacted than Europe, which is heavily dependent on it. So I think that's just an important perspective for all of us to be aware of. It doesn't mean that we won't be impacted by the war, but it is one area of strength that we have that is unique to the US rather than uh, a lot of European country, countries that are really hurting right now. Now, the other thing though, is that people think, oh, okay, well, during war, maybe I'll invest in oil and defense stocks, right? Well, a lot of the oil companies actually had a presence in Russia. And so they're gonna have to take a big hit because a lot of them divested. Some of them have already you know, given us advance warning on how big that hit's gonna be. The reason I put this stock report card up there is there's actually one company that doesn't invest in Russia and that's ConocoPhillips. But as you can see from this uh, stock report card, and this is from a last month, I haven't updated it yet, but ConocoPhillips was uh, one of the more expensive ones. The other ones were a little bit weaker because people were expecting them to have a pretty bad first quarter earnings report um, and the second quarter won't look a whole lot better either. Uh, because of their divesting of investments in Russia. So it's not a no-brainer that you should just go in for oil. Um, and oil prices do rise during war. That's, it takes a lot. I mean, if you've seen those sad images coming out of the war, in addition to the devastation and the horror and the loss of life, which is heartbreaking and senseless, um, what we're seeing as well is you're just seeing a massive amount of pollution. Can you imagine how much oil and gas it takes for one tank, let alone all the tanks and fighter jets and all of that? It's a lot of oil and gas. So high, as long as we have a war going on, you can expect oil prices to be very high. And with supply disruption on gas prices, that could cause a big spike there too. Now you also might think, well, what about gold? Maybe I should just put everything in gold. Look, what I would say to you is this, whatever you think is hot, we have four hot slices in our nest egg pie chart. So if you think gold is hot, great, do it. It's totally fine. I wanna provide you with some other statistics to factor in, but remember it should be a slice and not the whole investment strategy that would go for anything whether again whether it's defense contractors um, oil companies whatever it is that you think is going to be your safe haven um, you know you want to make sure that you're not just depending on that as your only thing and again i'll show you the pie chart so that you understand that a little bit more but i wanted to remind you that Look, this feels a lot like the late 70s. We have high inflation. 
we have uh, the inflation that's really out of control. You know, we're going to come up on uh, probably a recession. We have high asset prices. So there's a lot going on right now that's negative for the economy. And in 1980, gold hit an all-time high. And by 1981, it had dropped about a third. And within a few years after that, it dropped into the $350 um, an ounce range. And it stayed there for a quarter of a century, 26 years. So you don't want to have, and look, people made that mistake in 2012. We had, you know, oil prices went to their, I mean, gas, cold prices went to their all-time high in 2011, on, in September of 2011, after the US was downgraded by Standard & Poor's. Some of you might remember it, August 5th, 2011, and then gold soared to an all-time high in September. And we had people calling our offices and they were so interested in putting all of their money into gold. And we were like, look, it's at an all-time high. At a slice maybe, but we, we actually have been having gold as our hot slices and people have three hot slices now and they're taking profits rather than buying high. So you want to make sure that you're not chasing money or that you're not thinking that you're outsmarting everything. If you um, do that, you really put yourself at risk of being what we call on the wrong side of the trade. So gold um, is, you know, look, if we get downgraded and Fitch definitely has us on a on a negative outlook, um, probably a lot of countries will be downgraded, not just the US, but, and Moody's doesn't have us on that negative outlook yet. But yeah, if we get downgraded by Fitch, it is very possible that gold could go higher, but um, you're still buying high. And there's one other issue with gold and that cannot be ignored because the younger generation is now the biggest, if you put, um, millennials and Gen Z together, they are much bigger than the boomer cohort. Boomers like gold and the younger generation likes crypto. So you could think, okay, well, maybe I'll do both of those. Again, we give you four hot slices in your nest egg pie chart. So one other thing I wanted to remind you is that gold can actually drop in a recession too. So you can see here that gold did drop. It was high in 2007 and then it did drop, but it uh, obviously recovered a lot faster than stocks. So be, be cognizant of that and don't be afraid of it. The returns on gold over the last 10 years have been dismal, as you can see here. Now, the interesting thing is that in 2012, that chart, that 10-year chart, gold returns were 18% annualized. So whenever you see an asset that is grossly over or under where it usually trends, that could mean that it's either you know, ripe to pop or that it's actually ripe to drop. So if we're looking at this chart and you think, well, gold is way under its trend, then it absolutely could go higher. Stocks are way above their trend, as is real estate. Those could go lower if you're just looking at historical pricing. So this is a reminder that in a normal recession, you just overweight safe and your safety is in bonds. And that actually keeps you buoyant. So stocks dropped 55% in the Great Recession, but bonds earned gains. So if you were 50, and you were overweighting 20% safe because of the recession, 
and you lost about half of 30%, then you only lost about 15%. But if all of that other, that 70% made its 10% gain, then you're only down maybe about 4%. So that's how you remain buoyant and you proceed from a position of strength rather than losing half and using the bull market to crawl back to even. Now, as we said, bonds are a problem this time and let's talk about that. So they're illiquid. Now this is the liquidity data. It's not much different now. I'll update this chart. Actually, I can show you, I think pretty easily. Hang on, let me open up a new field here. So gold liquidity data from world, oh, sorry, gold.org. Oh, I might not find it fast. Sorry about that guys. But this is an accurate chart, even though I'm sorry that it's a little bit older than I usually like to put in there, but it's the same. So as you can see from this, gold is still very liquid. S&P 500 stocks are very liquid. Uh, US one to three year treasuries, so short term treasuries, very liquid. US corporate bonds, not liquid. What does that mean? That means there's not a lot of people that are gonna to wanna to buy them from you. So if you own a 30 or a 40 year Ford bond and you decide, you know what? I'm a little worried about that one. I wanna sell it to somebody. And you let's say you pay 10,000 for that position. Uh, nobody's gonna give you $10,000 for it. They might say, okay, I'll give you like 8,000. Or you know, if Ford starts losing as much money as it actually posted in its most recent report, they might say, mm, don't want it at all. You're stuck with that 30 or 40 year. And as interest rates rise, you wanna be in a position of getting a bond from a credit worthy company that's shorter term. Right now, if you wanna get a four or a 5% return, you gotta go out 30 or 40 years and you have to go down into you know, the lower, almost junk bond status. So that's an issue. And I wanna show you, this was an issue before the pandemic. So this is the trading data from December of uh, 2019. And here, as you can see, corporate bonds were not very liquid, but also you can see that the Dow Jones Industrial Average was also not very liquid. So if you were wanting to sell stocks, your Dow stocks in the Great Recession, those were the ones that were, I mean, sorry, in the pandemic recession, those were the ones that were tanking the fastest and were the hardest to get uh, your positions accurate on. So what do you do? Well, what we teach you in the retreats is we teach you what's safe all day long. Obviously, I've, I've talked about this in other video conferences, so you can go back and look at, there's probably a what's safe video conference within the last few months that you can actually watch as well. But you want, we're gonna spend one full day on what's safe at the retreat. And also we teach you how to avoid over leveraged and illiquid entities, whether it's on the equity side or on the fixed income side. It's also available in my books. So you can read about it in the books. It's not just, okay, come to a retreat. If you wanna read about it first, great. Go and get the fifth edition of the ABCs of Money. I think it's probably $6 for the ebook and we don't price the books high. And again, if you're interested in the retreat, just um, click on that. It's online so you can join us from wherever you are. 
Now, one other tip I wanted to say is that silver is usually tracking gold, but in the current cycle, it could be undervalued. So silver is still trading around $24, or this is the iShares Silver Trust, and the high was closer to 47 whereas gold is at its all-time high. So in my personal portfolio for my hot slice, I do have some crypto as well, but I also am more weighted into silver than I am into gold because my feeling is that, yes, both are safe haven choices, but I'm buying much lower in silver than I am in gold. And be careful of gold and silver coins. I talk about that in the book, about why that's the case. Now, we want to talk a little bit about defense contractors, because again, that, during war, everybody thinks about that. And of course, the newest defense contractor is now Microsoft with their uh, new goggles, and they have simulation training and all kinds of things, and also you know, the ability to see um, clearly in the dark, that sort of stuff. So, But as you can see here from the defense contractor report card, that's priced in. So the ones that have the highest growth are also the ones with the highest prices. And that's a concern because that's one of the reasons why we're seeing this kind of volatility on Wall Street is that we have expensive stocks. So again, this means that stocks are high. Um, and as one example, let me just pull one up for you. Let's go to Tesla as an example. And Tesla did great. It had an 80% increase in uh, its most recent quarter in revenue. But as you can see, the price earnings ratio is 120. Well, what does that mean? Well, here's a company that's worth almost $1 trillion. And its annual income last year was $5 billion. Well, 5.5. I mean, wouldn't you love that if you could, you know, have 5.5 billion in income and be valued at 1 trillion. So that now Tesla is way overvalued, but a lot of them are in that category, not at 100 PE, but 28 PE when the average PE is about 18, 17.5. So again, you might say, oh man, my head is spinning, but it is easy as a pie chart. So let me pull you back away from the data and into the solutions. So this is a sample pie chart. If you're 30, consider overweighting 20% safe. I apologize, I need to update that. That's actually 20%, not 10% as you can see, because this 30-year-old has 50% overweighted safe. And this is on the equity side, then you're going to have 10 funds, small, medium, large, value and growth, and four hots. And here's where you can say, okay, I think gold is hot. I think silver is hot. I think crypto is hot. If you think that utilities are hot or consumer staples or anything that you think might keep you more buoyant, that's where you're going to want to put that hot. You might even think about other countries. You might say, Oh, I think that Peru is hot because it's got such a strong GDP growth expectation for this year. Or I think Indonesia is hot because it's the top producer of nickel and nickel is something that is in great demand for electrical ve electric vehicles. So let me pull this up and show you what I mean. So here's 
Indonesia is expected to be 5.4%. That's above the US and it's even above China. And if we look at Peru, it's expected to be actually higher than that. The most recent one I saw was closer to 5%. So, you know, you could think about getting hot, in, whether it's a hot country or something you think that can remain buoyant in tough times, that's where your hot slices are. Now, one other thing is that you have to know what is safe in a world where bonds are illiquid and negative yielding. And so you really have to know what you want. Um, again, I've already done this in another free video conference. So just look on youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace and look for my live video conferences and find that one. Or there's an entire section on what's safe in the ABCs of money, or we spend a day on it at the retreat. If you want to know before the retreat, then you can get a second opinion from me. Um, call, you know, call our offices 310-430-2397 or email us at info at nataliepace.com for pricing and information on getting an um, unbiased second opinion. Now, why do I say unbiased? Because I don't sell financial products. We give you financial systems and wisdom to protect your money so that you can be the boss. You can still have people working for you, but they should be implementing a system that makes sense to you, that you know can protect you in tough times. There's one easy tool, and you should probably write this down and come back and revisit this so you get it right. The easiest way that you can check to see how vulnerable you are is ask for a performance chart of what your portfolio has done compared to the S&P 500 for the past 15 years. Most people are shadowing it. 2% under, but shadowing exactly the returns of the market. If that's you, then you are at risk of that 50% or higher drop down. So that's something you want to do now. Now, the other thing you can do as well, in my book, Put Your Money Where Your Heart Is, and again, the ebook is probably $6. There's an, a chapter called Brokers are Salesmen, Not Surgeons. And if you look there, there's 10 or 12 questions you can ask your broker. And what I would recommend is that you, you know, ask them, maybe write down the answers, record it or whatever you need to do, and then come back and check because we give you sample answers and what they mean. So now is the time to know what you own and why. So rebalancing regularly is really important. And that means once a year at minimum, twice or three times a year is fine as well. We also have free personalized pie chart web apps. Um, just email info at nataliepace.com and say, I want my free pie chart web app and Heather can send you the link to that. It's also something you can download yourself on the homepage at nataliepace.com. So just click on this badge right there and you should be able to get it. We'll email it to you. You got to check your spam because since we're a money site, a lot of times it'll go to spam. And if you are interested in our retreat, just know that the early bird pricing ends on April 30th. So you do want to register and make your commitment now. Also, I just wanted to make sure you guys are aware that we really encourage people to bring friends and family so that you create um, you know, other people that speak the same language as you do so that you create a, you know, tribe of people that are financially wise, that are empowered. So the first person in the early bird pricing period is $695. The second person is 350. 
So you can work that out however you want. But again, we're incentivizing people to come together. And if you put together a group, the fifth person is only going to pay $99. So, you know, that can be really great, especially if you want to start bringing in the kids or the teens. So that's it for now. Again, I do encourage you to make sure that you're part of my Spotify podcast so that you can listen back to all these, that you're subscribing at youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace. I want to show you how easy it is to just access all of these. I'll be putting, I just uh, started on Spotify. So I'll be putting that link up as soon as I get off here, our team will be. But just go to nataliepace.com if you want to follow on Facebook or Twitter. Or if you don't, I do have a Twitter feed. And if you are wanting to get and stay updated, I do daily money tips there and sustainability tips as well. So even if you're not on Twitter, no problem. You can just come to nataliepace.com and scroll past so that you can, and again, it's just a quick description and then a link to where you can learn more. All right, so that's it for me. Again, 310-430-2397 is our phone number and info at nataliepace.com is the best email address. I'm gonna stop it there. If there's uh, one or two quick questions, I'll take it. If we need to record it, uh, the answer I will. Um, I don't have a lot of extra time, but let's, let's try a few, hang on. So I know that I gave you a lot of things to think about and a lot of data and statistics, and it can be mind numbing, it can put you into a fog. But what I want you to know is that it is easier to be confident and to focus on the things that are really important in tough times, which is you know, being solid with your family, enjoying life, staying healthy, promoting peace, promoting sustainability. These are what's really important and is the basis and foundation of prosperity. As we can see, war is terrible for our wealth. It's terrible for our environment, right? So we wanna be able to focus on those things, but if we're freaked out about our budget or our wealth, then it's hard to lean into those higher ideals that actually create the prosperity that we all desire. So I think it's very, very important now to clean up the house. When your plan is safe, protected, hot, and diversified, then you don't have to freak out if stocks go down because you can tell yourself, I've overweighted safe and um, I'm okay with that. In fact, at my next rebalancing session, I might even buy a little bit more lower. Again, you're, the, the system itself protects you from going in too much or too little. It protects, and the reason that you don't just sell everything and wait until the war is over or wait until the recession is over is because when you are working on those kind of emotions, it's really hard. Market timing doesn't work statistically because your emotions are working against you. Because at the bottom, nobody wants to buy stocks. And that's exactly when, if you're a nest egg pie chart, again, most of it's going to be safe, but you're going to have some slices that have gotten smaller. And they're saying buy low. That's the only thing that's telling you buy low. Your stomach isn't telling you that because you're freaked out about what you see. When Lehman Brothers declared bankruptcy and you know George Bush and his team walked in to you know, get asked for a boatload of money from Congress to save our banks, you think you wanted to buy stocks then? That was pretty close to the bottom. So what we want to remember is that right now, you know, it's really easy to make money in that bull market really easy to lose money in a recession. 
now is the time to make sure that you really know what you're doing. All right, we're here to help. Thanks so much.